guys. How is everyone? <laughs> I thought you were talking to me at first. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I mean, hey, Haley, how are you? Doing great. <laughs> Good. Yeah, today has been kind of rough. I ended up eating an entire rotisserie chicken. Uh, so if that tells you where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm also drinking this water. I don't know if you've ever drank it, Haley. I've been trying to, I don't know, expand my water horizons because sometimes just drinking plain water just isn't enough. Yeah. So there's a lot of different flavors and brands like this one that says Blackberry Hint. It's the Hint brand. I've heard of that brand. Yes. It's water infused with Blackberry Essence. And I thought, Mmm, blackberry. That might be tasty. How nah. that? No? <laughs> no, but I'm going to so drink it anyway because it was mighty expensive. So <laughs> yeah. I'm forcing myself. So yeah. uh, you might see me gagging a little bit through this, but it's all oh, good. I'm okay. good. <laughs> so um, anyway, are you ready to get started? I'm all ready. What's your hot take? So for me, now it's okay. Haley has been more of a casual viewer I would say I am deeply immersed in every aspect of my life oh my gosh in the Harry Potter fandom and oh. I have a feeling that other listeners are the same and that's okay I love you for it so this weekend and I'll talk about this a little bit more in our thriving not thriving portion my friend and I were watching, well, actually one of my best friends, again, Haley is not my only one. <laughs> oh, she gets very offended. It's okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, we were watching all the Harry Potters. We had this big Harry Potter weekend. It was awesome. I spent lots of money, did a lot of decorating. It was really cool. So if anybody wants to see the decorations, please yes, let me know. Cause please. I will post it for yeah. sure. Yeah. They're fantastic. Anyway. So we were watching these movies and we were kind of discussing all the characters. Who's the best, who's the worst. And I think the characters go a little deeper than just who's good, who's bad. Because if you said who's good, then it, of course it's, well, stereotypically, all the Gryffindors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bad? The Slytherins. Yeah. But for me, I like to pay more attention to the entire story, who has the most depth, nuance, things like that. And my favorite character, and in my opinion, the best written character. So this is why it's a hot take. I feel like people are going to come for my throat. <laughs> but I think it's Draco. And I will tell you why. Please. So Draco is a very interesting character, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people think, oh, he's he could be good. He could just act on it or whatever. But to me, he doesn't have that much of a choice. And he was also raised to believe differently. So his parents raised him to be kind of this arrogant, hot-headed kind of person. And sorry, not sorry, a lot of children do act the way that their parents raise them. And it isn't until their adult years that they start to, I guess, see that their parents aren't exactly them yeah. and that they can kind of go against the grain. Even in the fifth book, there's 
a part where Sirius Black talks about how there's good and bad and light and dark in all of us, and it just matters what we choose to act on, which I fully agree. But there is a certain part of our childhood and growing up that we don't really have that much control over because of how our parents raise us. And I think that's a lot of what happened to Draco. And Draco needed a real slap in the face, which was what happened in the sixth book. Uh, I don't want to give spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) So... If I'm starting to, I'm going to get into spoiler territory. So any oh, listeners, no. um, please skip I forward. I haven't finished reading I'll, the books, but you can tell me. Uh, I'll, I'll try and keep it vague <laughs> so you don't want <laughs> to get it ruined. But, um, oh gosh, I mean, now I'm struggling to find out how to say this. Okay, this is what's hard about you can say not it. getting in spoiler territory. Uh, the books so, have been out long enough, so that's on yes. me for not finishing yeah. <laughs> and on the viewers, okay, yeah. go read the books. Um, anyway, Draco got tasked with killing Dumbledore. And because of that, he kind of had this light bulb moment that that was not what he was supposed to do. He needed to do something better for himself and for the people around him. I think it was a big scare for him when he ended up becoming a Death Eater. I think that kind of shocked his system into doing the right thing. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes people saying be good is not enough. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. actually do need kind of a slap in the face. And that's, that's what he got. And you can tell even in the books and in the movies, although they're written a little differently, you can tell that he is really battling with that accountability. Mm Mm-hmm. And choosing the right way to go. And ultimately, he doesn't necessarily choose light, but he doesn't choose darkness either. He walks away with his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. He walks away with them and they kind of just leave it all behind and move forward from it. So it's not that they really apologize for it mm-hmm. or took a ton of accountability, but they moved past it. Yeah, they chose not to continue. Yeah. And so for me, I love that nuance. I love the fact that you don't know totally where Draco's at. You don't know totally where his parents are at. Mm-hmm. Is he totally good? Were his decisions bad? So yeah, I think he was one of the best written characters. And this is also where I may get some reprimanding uh I think the second best written character was Snape for the exact same reasons. Um, I do like I think he was written well, yeah, because of nuance and because you don't know exactly what side he's on and it can Mm -hmm. cause a lot of discussion and debate. And I would rather have that than just a straightforward character. I will say (laughs) there is one other character, which is Dumbledore. He's a whole other story for me because he is just as nuanced, mm-hmm. but I do not like him. And I think the reason I don't like him is because he seemed more aware of his choices. And while he didn't really get a redemption, it was more we learned that he was worse than he actually was. Mm-hmm. On the other side, Draco and Snape, it was more, we thought they were bad, but maybe there was some good to them. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that more than seeing them go dark. 
So that's my opinion. I well, that's that my opinion. I mean, you Thanks. make you make solid points. Thank you. <laughs> and it's okay if you don't have an opinion yet. <laughs> I don't. I think I don't have a right to an opinion until I finish reading the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched it over and over and over again. Every single time ABC Family would have a Harry Potter marathon Mm -hmm. weekend, I was watching it. Own all the movies. I have my own marathon weekends with friends and family. But I think I need to read the books before I absolutely before I have a true opinion. I don't think I get I get to have a true say until I do that. (laughs) Yeah, there is so much more going on in the books. Uh, What book are you on? Oh gosh, it's been such a long time since I pick, picked them up. Um, I don't even think I've made it past two or three. Yeah. So I, I will say now, if you're going to go and read them again, just start over. Yeah. You need the whole story. I do. It is, it is a whole story. For our listeners out there, if they don't know this, J.K. Rowling sat down and wrote the entire story before she uh, actually wrote it down. Mm -hmm. She kind of did this big blueprint type thing. She knew the entire story for all seven books. It was always going to be seven books. So when you're reading, it's not, oh, I'll pick up one and then pick up Mm -hmm. five. No, it's front to end, you know, Mm -hmm. first to seventh. So go back and reread all of them. I will. I will. But if any of our listeners want me to talk more about Harry Potter or Hunger Games or other fandoms, yes, I haven't read all of the fandoms or seen all of them, but there's a few that I'm really into. Twilight. I know yeah. Haley's got some opinions there. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. So we can definitely talk about those things. So please let me know because I think those would be really fun to do for some of the hot takes because I've got many. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to all of my old Facebook posts. Yes. Yes. All right, Haley, what about you? Okay. So my sister, I have a sister living in Utah And she sent me this little invitation for Utah County's Single Adult Summer Conference. Mm -hmm. And it's just a general invitation. You know, it explains the dates, what's going on, addresses for everything. And then at the bottom, it includes, I guess, the requirements for participants, if that's the right word. So. It specifies singles ages 31 to 120 (laughs) with Um. LDS standards. (laughs) And right after that, it says all divorces must be final. And and we were like, oh, oh, I, hmm. I was like, who made that invitation? And I just thought that was such an interesting thing to include. Yeah, also that the 120. The, well, yes. <laughs> I'm and so someone else had that. shared it and said, you know, I'm kind of confused about the age range for this conference. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. 
But we just thought it was so odd that they included that all divorces must be final. And they thought that that was so important Mm -hmm. to include on the invitation. Mm -hmm. So then I started thinking, and I have never been divorced. So obviously I can't speak on whether or not I would feel comfortable attending something like this while in the middle of a divorce or being separated. But I'm curious to know what you think about how comfortable or open you would be to dating someone who is currently going through a divorce. So the divorce has not been finalized. Well, as somebody who's perpetually single, um, for myself, I have no opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering, would would you be open or interested in dating someone who is currently going through divorce or would you feel more comfortable? Well, I think obviously most people would feel more comfortable waiting until that divorce was finalized. Mm -hmm. But if you know that they are in that process, but they're still Mm -hmm. married. So I'm torn about it because I think if somebody is newly in the process and is still working through those feelings, they're still working through dealing with their ex, blah, 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 that can be really stressful and that can be a lot to add to a new relationship. Mm-hmm. However, I've seen so many divorces, including some that I've seen personally recently, mm-hmm. that sometimes the divorce process gets dragged out yes. and goes on and on mm-hmm. and can take years sometimes to finalize. And when it gets to that point, I don't have a problem with it. If it's yeah. going to happen, if they're basically separated at that point, it's been years. Yeah. (laughs) Why for somebody to not be able to go to things and move on from something that was probably pretty traumatic? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there's a big difference in actually going through that legal process of Mm -hmm. getting a divorce and simply saying, oh, well, at this point I'm just separated or, oh, well, we're talking about divorce or yes, we're getting divorced, Mm -hmm. but no, we haven't started any of the paperwork. So I would imagine, you know, that yes, the timing of that, where like you said, if it has been a while, if you know that that paperwork has at least begun and Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that it definitely varies, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, and not just timing on their part, mm-hmm. you know, where are they at in the divorce process, but if it's on your end, where are you at yeah. <laughs> in the divorce yeah. process? Because maybe you're not actually ready. Maybe you need some more time to heal and cope, and you may think that you're ready two weeks later, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone know. It's, I think it is so up in the air. There, there's a lot of mixed variables, but I don't think the person who made this mixer, that's what I'm going to call it, mm-hmm. had the right to say that because what are they yeah. going to do? Ask yeah. for your marriage certificate? Yeah, Ask for your I just thought it was so odd to include. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So I wonder. Although. Mm-hmm. I might go for the 120-year-olds. Uh, yeah. yeah, 115-year-old <laughs> sugar daddy. Speaking of which, I have a friend uh, that I went to the beach with this past week, and she lives in Lehigh, and she has an older – I think she's a widow – 
in her neighborhood mm-hmm. and she'll post occasionally saying, hey, I'm lonely. I really need some friends who wants to get together. And last week she posted that she was looking for a man in Ooh. his 70s. I love that for who- her. Straight she likes point. to have fun and wants to take <laughs> her out and this and that. And my yes. cousin or my friend slash cousin looks at her profile and she's like, I, this woman is not in her 70s. She's easily like in her late 80s. And mm-hmm. I mean, she was all for saying, man. I need a man. I need a younger man that's going to take care mm-hmm. of me and wants to have fun. <laughs> so. I applaud her. Yes. And I am so glad she just put it out there for yeah. everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> to see. I love it. Love it. I encourage everyone to do that. That's the energy that uh, yeah. we all need to start yeah. bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anything else on? No, that's what I've got. So if we're going to move on to yeah. thriving, not thriving, I guess it's your turn to start okay. us off. So you thriving, not thriving, where you at? I would say that I'm thriving. And last week, we actually had someone message us on Instagram after we posted asking our listeners if they are thriving or not thriving. And I want to pull up her message because it made me laugh. (laughs) And she made a very good point. So she said... Definitely thriving overall, but is it possible to thrive consistently for a week asking for a friend? So I responded, you know, that's a good point. You know, maybe when we ask that, we're just thinking, you know, in this moment, maybe just today, are you thriving or not thriving? Or if you're looking at the main things that happened over the Mm -hmm. past week, you know, what would you say? Mm -hmm. And I realized, I think I've said I'm not thriving every single week so far. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and listen. So this week I am thriving and I'm focusing on the positives. Okay. (laughs) I moved into my classroom this morning. My sister helped me. I have one of the bigger classrooms, I think, that is on my second floor of my school. So I was excited to find out that I got the bigger room. Nice. I just got back from vacation. I'm feeling tan. You look tan. Well rested. Thank you. Feeling Our listeners need to know Haley has the tannest best legs you will ever oh, see. And I am thank jealous. You. Yeah. I only need to shave them. I'm wearing pants now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm going to say I'm thriving. Things are, are pre- going pretty well. Not much to complain about. We'll see. I go back to work officially next Monday in meetings and school starts in two weeks. Good luck. Yeah. What about you? I am thriving as well. And I keep thinking about that comment that that person sent because I think it really is up to personal interpretation. Mm Mm-hmm. I like to say thriving for the week because I kind of look at everything on a week by week basis. If there was a lot of good things, yeah. if it just ended up being terrible that week, <laughs> that's <laughs> normally how my life goes. It's not so up and down every day. Usually it's more mm-hmm. week by week, but some people may have it up and down every day and that's yeah. perfectly fine too. So 
totally up to your own personal interpretation. So when we ask, you can tell us. Yeah. Today I was thriving and yesterday sucked. Yep. <laughs> so clarify if you want. That is totally fine. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm thriving. I'm doing good. Uh, again, I had my rotisserie chicken. So <laughs> it looked delicious. <laughs> it was delicious. By the way, don't think I'm weird for this because it is basically the same thing as eating wings because I dip it in sauce. Yeah. And you get so much more. The chicken was only five, six dollars. And mm -hmm. I got maybe triple the amount I would get with wings. So you should start looking into that if you like wings. Yeah. Well, especially because it was already seasoned. Like a lot of rotisserie yep. chickens, they're just yep. plain, but you you already had a seasoned one. It's rosemary and garlic. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pretty try it out. pretty good. And <laughs> then um again I had this Harry Potter weekend, which was so fun and so needed. And the most ironic part was we've been planning this weekend for a while. We just didn't know which weekend we wanted to do it on. And literally the last day when we watched seven part one and two, we realized that that was the day after Harry Potter's birthday. Oh, it's his yeah. birthday. It's July 31st. Out of any of the weekends, we could have oh, watched this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was amazing, and I didn't even realize it. But the last thing is I have my niece with me here for the week, and that has been so fun. She loves swimming, so that's probably what we'll be doing every day this week. And I'm not complaining. By the way, I love swimming. It's probably my favorite thing to do. So I am so excited to do that with her. So I am doing really, really well. Yay. Look at you. Yeah. Look at us. Yes. I know. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? I know. <laughs> I love that meme. I hope other people understand the meme. <laughs> so good. Well, I think... We are probably good to go in for a break, get a little yes. hydrated. This is your cue. Drink some water. Not the disgusting up. flavored water I have. No, no, but no. good water. <laughs> quench that thirst. Yes, quench it. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. We'll go ahead and jump into question one. Rainy, what do you have for us? So this question is so much fun and I'm really <laughs> excited about it. And this one is fun because it separates it into not only my half of the question, but it also gives Haley a half. Yeah. So I'll answer the first half and she'll answer the second half. And although we already basically do that anyway. This is definitely separated. So this one comes from a female in their 20s. So I'll assume pronouns are she, her. And she says, what are you looking for in a partner? That one is probably for me. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you know your husband was the one? So I'm going to give a quick disclaimer. I have been rejected a lot <laughs> in the past, and it's something I would definitely be willing to talk about if somebody wanted to ask. But 
because of that, my walls are pretty far up. I am not actively seeking dating. I gave up on that quite a while ago. And I'm just living my life. I'm happy. I'm doing well. And I'm not saying that to make it sound like I'm okay, even (laughs) though I'm not. I'm actually genuinely okay. And I'm really happy with where my life is. So that being said, because I'm happy with where my life is, I am tired of chasing and having people reject me. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing I'm looking for is somebody who is willing to put in the effort for me. And then if I like them back, I'll give that effort back. But I need to see it to believe it at this point. Mm -hmm. Then there's some more things. I care a lot about personality and that we can just bounce off each other and we can talk to each other really well. That's really important to me. It's not shallow to say that you want to be physically attracted to somebody. No. I don't want to kiss somebody and then gag (laughs) afterwards. So Yeah, not enjoyable. Yeah. (laughs) But I would like to be physically attracted to them, so that would be nice. And then they need to be able to keep up with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I can be a lot. But the right person will be able to handle you. They'll figure it out. (laughs) Just like Haley, she was the right person, so she can handle me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll share my notes. Yes, yeah. You'll probably need to share your notes with everyone because I can be a lot. (laughs) But at the same time, not just personality-wise, but I am doing a lot with my life. I'm getting my master's degree. I'm navigating spirituality things. I can be a pretty deep thinker. I'm very organized, planning, that kind of thing. It's just a lot. (laughs) And I'm very fast forward on track with where I want my life to be that I would need somebody who is either equally there or pushes me to do more. I would prefer if they push me a little bit, but that's just my opinion. And then the last thing I should add, which is just a funny side note, because my brother and I were talking about this. I don't like when they're super cheesy, (laughs) which is so ironic (laughs) because I love romance movies and books and songs so much. Mm -hmm. But if he calls me babe one time, we're we're done. (laughs) Really? I'm throwing him in the Atlantic. I do not want it. (laughs) Yeah, because I, well, first of all, unfortunately, I'm heterosexual. So, (laughs) unfortunately. So, because of that, I am attracted to men? Question mark? (laughs) Why? I don't know. I don't know why I was cursed with this. I didn't ask for it. But yes, I'm attracted to men, the male species. So because of that, heterosexual couples can just be so much. I totally understand where the gays are coming from because they can just be so gross. Yeah. Just honey, babe, I love you. (laughs) You My my first sister to get married used to call her husband lover. No, no. That is is the same energy as Archie Kins from Riverdale. And she was like 20, 21 maybe. And I'm like, please stop. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, literally same energy as Archiekins. Not, it's just yes. not happening. No. <laughs> so he needs to just not be sappy. He needs to let me watch my sappy movies and then be normal after that. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, we're just going to do our thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to hang out. I would prefer somebody I can probably chill with more than be romantic with, which I, I know sounds weird. <laughs> but, but like the majority just... of your life isn't going to be being romantic. Yeah. You know? That's I would go crazy if it was. <laughs> I just need somebody to chill with me, play some video uh-huh. games, read some books, let me nerd out and talk to them for an hour about my different Harry Potter theories. So those are kind of the things I'm yeah. looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how about you, Haley? How did you know Logan Kins was the gross? See how gross it is. I know. I always say okie dokie (laughs) Loki. And he always makes fun of me calling him Loki because it's a, you know, play off of Logie or Logan, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that that grosses me out as much as this hint water. So. Okay. Um, when I first read this question and thought about it, thought about what I wanted to talk about, I realized that for the longest time, I was totally a pick me girl, and I'm not mm. proud of it looking back. Oh so no! Initially, I it's okay. Would, I had that dark past too. Yes, I can admit it. Yes, I was a pick me girl. Find a guy attractive, and then immediately I would obviously stalk him on social media, of course. find out his interest. And I would just be set on becoming this person that I thought they wanted from me or in general. Yeah. So looking back, a lot of my music taste started from me being interested in someone. So whether it was like a coworker and me looking at Twitter and seeing what concerts he was talking about going to, and then I would listen to that music. I mean, I would go so far in to social media that I wouldn't even focus on socializing with a guy. I mean, I was so worried about tweeting about that music or playing a song on Snapchat or Instagram of me in the car listening to that music or talking about that music. And I don't know why I focused on music so much. I feel like that was the easiest thing to kind of fake. Yeah. And get some guy to be interested. And it's so stupid. And but, it was so he could pick up the hints just like you thought Logan I would know, last I episode. Know. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me in music. <laughs> Okay, I did the exact same thing. I would okay. post the lyrics on my Facebook, yes. Yes. my status, hoping he would uh, oh understand, gosh. and then he wouldn't even acknowledge it. So, yeah. so <laughs> through some of that, some of those experiences, I found some music that I really loved and some music that I didn't really care for. But with Logan, when he first played his music, I had zero interest in <laughs> becoming that girl. Not that I wasn't interested in him. I was very interested in him, but my mind never went to that place of what do I have to do to get him to like me or what do Mm -hmm. I have to pretend to be interested in? And oddly enough, some of his music taste has grown on me, but we were able to bond over our shared interests and some of the artists that I found 
through pursuing those other guys, not necessarily even relationships. I never had relationships with those guys, but Mm -hmm. just odd artists that I now realize for some reason, you know, we had that one connection and the artist of his that he listens to just so happened to kind of mesh with just a couple of mine because he doesn't listen to pop like me. He doesn't listen to country or rap, but just those few odd artists that I found are the few odd artists that he also likes. So I thought that I was love really that. Yeah. That's cool. But just overall, I, like I said, I did not feel that pressure to be anything more than just myself. Like, I remember on my wedding day, my makeup artist was working on me, and she stops for a second and tells me that she has never met a more calm bride before. So she asked me if I was nervous, and she made comments about, oh, well, I noticed you're not shaking at all. You don't seem to really be distracted by anything. You're just so calm. You're sitting there quiet. You're laughing. You're having fun. You don't seem stressed. And she said that she had never met anyone like that before. She never worked with anyone that felt so calm on their wedding day. And I think that's because everything felt so natural. I think that when we started dating, I was in such a good place socially in my life where I finally found a group of people that didn't make me feel like I had to try to be someone else. Like I really Mm -hmm. finally got to that place where I felt accepted and I felt like I could finally become who I am now, Mm -hmm. even though I I am still changing, evolving and everything, but I finally was in that comfort zone of just being myself, figuring out who I was, who I am. And that timing was really good for, for our relationship. And after good old Topher the Gopher, I realized- (laughs) Prince Topher. Yeah. I wanted someone older Mm -hmm. and I wanted someone who- had really gone through different life experiences than me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want someone that I related to so much on a generic level. Yeah. And I remember with Logan, I I just was determined. To, I was still determined to make him mine, but not <laughs> in the sense of becoming someone else. Yeah. It, it felt natural. And I just, I knew that he was a good partner for me once I realized that I hadn't changed myself at all in that relationship for him. I didn't feel pressure for myself or unintentionally pressure from him to be anything other than myself. So yeah, I would encourage people to, you know, look, look for that in your relationships if that's something that is important to you. If you feel like you don't know who you are or you feel like you're constantly questioning yourself, questioning whether or not you are a good fit for this person or you're good enough or that person is good enough for you, mm-hmm. I hope that you feel natural. You feel yeah, I, comfortable. I 100% agree with that because you and I are very similar in that aspect that we tried so hard for so long to impress others that we lost ourselves in the mix of that. And I got to the point that I really did not know who I was Mm -hmm. around the time that I got home from my mission. I was 
completely lost yeah. on who I was, what I enjoyed, what I liked doing. It's taken me a really long time to get here, but kind of like I said earlier, I am so content with where I'm at and so mm-hmm. fast forward on my life path that I don't want somebody who will bring that down or try to change me and mm-hmm. will just support me through it and I'll support them through their yeah. paths. And I think it's important to remember too, because I see this happen a lot, that people think that they have to stay exactly who they are in order to be lovable for the rest of their lives. We're changing and evolving beings. Yes. I think true love is when you can change and evolve in a better way and your spouse grows with you. And it's not that you totally lose all of your interests, but things can change. Mm-hmm. And if that does and that spouse stays for the ride, I think yes. that's really important. Yeah. Looking back, I think from the time we started dating until we got married, I within a month of dating, I moved to Utah for student teaching. We were long distance. We graduated mm-hmm. college at the same time and remained long distance, but we ended up on opposite sides of the country for almost a year and we were engaged for over a year. We switched jobs. I had two or three jobs before we were married. Mm -hmm. Logan had the same two or three jobs. We went through so much in that time and like you said, we changed Mm -hmm. as individuals and as partners, but our commitments to each other didn't change. They just grew. They just grew. Oh. And I've even noticed that, not in a romantic sense, but even between Haley and I, I think a lot of people wonder how we stayed friends for four years, mm-hmm. being so far apart. <laughs> yeah. Because realistically, both of us have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, it hasn't been for the worse at all. It's been completely for the better. The more I talk to Haley, the more impressed I am with just the person she is and how much she's growing and becoming. And that has made me, I don't know how to word this, (laughs) that has made me attractive. (laughs) Drawn. Drawn. Thank you. Um, that has made me drawn to her. Um, (laughs) sorry, I did not know how to word that. Gosh, I'm blushing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's true. I have felt just a connection to her because of the fact that she knows who she is and she's constantly growing and becoming better and supports me on my journey to become better. She listens to me and works with me through problems, but is always so encouraging of making the right decision and doing the right thing for myself. And even on a friendship basis, that is so important. And Mm -hmm. if somebody isn't willing to do that for me, I let them go. And I have never noticed that with Haley. She's always been right by my side. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a major decision in the past Mm -hmm. four years that I've made without talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm always here. Yes. So you look at that in any of your relationships. If people aren't supporting you and bringing you up, they're probably not the right people. 
would agree. Yep. Okay. Well, are we ready to move on to question two? Yeah. No. This one. Ooh. This is an <laughs> interesting one. That once again, we can both definitely speak on. So what are our thoughts on family pressuring you to get married, have kids, or have more kids? Now, the person who submitted this question wanted to remain anonymous, so I will assume that we will use they, them as their pronouns. So this topic (laughs) can be triggering for I think both of us, but <laughs> Rainy knows that can be especially triggering for me. Yeah, um, that's why I wanted her to answer it. <laughs> yes. So I won't focus much on thoughts on family pressuring you to get married because I don't feel like my family really pressured me to get married. I feel like that was more of a cultural pressure, church yeah, I culture the pressure experience. that I put on myself. <laughs> But I will say, I mean, I have a sister that didn't get married until she was 28 or 29, and I know what that pressure Mm -hmm. was like because I know that I added to that pressure. But I won't speak on that. (laughs) However, pressure on couples to have kids. First off, (laughs) I'm trying to decide the tone of voice that I want to use, but... My tone will probably change a lot in the next few minutes. I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's never okay, never, ever, ever okay for family to pressure you to make any big life decisions like getting married or begin a serious relationship, have kids, Mm -hmm. have more kids. If Mm -hmm. you are in a committed relationship, the decisions surrounding that relationship are between only the people in that committed relationship. Agree. Unless it is in matters of abuse or serious mistreatment. Yep. Obviously, that's when we would find it appropriate to step in. But I don't care if you are talking to your only child. I don't care if you're talking to your only grandchild or your youngest grandchild Whatever it is, your aunt that you see once a year, your niece that you haven't seen in five years, I don't care who you're talking to, it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate Mm -hmm. to ask. It's not appropriate to put the pressure on someone. I feel very strongly about this, but an outsider's opinion and desires do not matter and should never be a deciding factor when it comes to getting married or having children. Mm -hmm. So all of our listeners, whether you are a parent, friend, family, stay out of everyone's business when it comes to those things. I, I personally find it inappropriate to even ask anyone those questions unless that person has given you personal permission, like Rainy and two of of my bridesmaids, I have told, you can ask me about kids anytime you want. You have permission to ask <laughs> I'm me because <laughs> I have made that personal decision for myself that I am comfortable with you asking. So yeah. how did I handle family pressuring me to have kids? Um, I don't even think I was married yet when I was first asked about kids. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't handle, I do handle the question better than I did within that first year of marriage. I know that initially I would just laugh and say, oh, I don't know. 
And then I found myself really suppressing my anger and frustration just towards that feeling that such a personal decision and such a serious decision was being asked, especially in very public or social settings. So it would happen a lot when I was at parties or at church on Sunday at a family reunion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, bringing another human being into the world is an enormous responsibility. Mm-hmm. I work with kids. You work with kids, Rainy. Yep. You know how desperately they need strong, positive examples in their lives, and they need a steady, reliable home life in order to have every opportunity to learn and succeed in order to become a kind, healthy, productive member of society. Social emotional development. Yes. And I wish that the decision to have children wasn't taken so lightly as it oftentimes is. And it bothers me when people say, oh, well, you'll always have financial trouble. Don't let money be a deciding factor. Oh, just have faith and do it. Everything will work out. I mean, you're bringing another human being into this world. It's not always just about faith. It's it's not. So with that being said, I I remember right after our first anniversary, I completely broke down after mm-hmm. being asked about kids from a few family members back to back. Um, I remember my sister and a couple of my friends had just experienced the first of multiple miscarriages. And I just remember being so upset at the idea of me being put in that situation or my sisters and friends being put in that situation where they're dealing with so many personal things um, and then being asked why their children don't have siblings or why they haven't given my parents more grandchildren, why their children don't have cousins and all of those personal questions and not knowing those struggles that they had just gone through. And it wasn't even necessarily pressure that I felt on myself to have kids, but it was just putting myself in that position that just angered me that people don't know what other people are going through. Not everyone that's, is on social media. Yeah, that's an incredibly empathetic response you had. And so that's why it just angers me so much. And I try mm-hmm. now not to let it get to me so much, but I just remember I had a meltdown when I had some family in town and a family friend and before meeting up with them later that day I spent hours in the bathroom crying and um I think I texted you rainy and you uh, did one of my other friends cried I tried writing down my thoughts my frustrations I let it all out and during that Logan then reached out to some of our family and friends for me and just let them know that the topic of us having kids is completely off the table for anyone to ever yeah. mention and Good that for him a bit of subjects for me mm-hmm. and since then I have not felt that kind of pressure from people who had previously reached out to me mm-hmm. and everyone has been very respectful of that which I really appreciate um you know I don't want to explain to everyone that I interact with why I've decided not to have kids at this time or anything about mine and Logan's decisions when it comes to family planning. And Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to share those with anyone. They're incredibly personal. 
Yeah. And valid. Mm -hmm. And it is completely up to you when, where, how, if you have those kids and Mm -hmm. that's just not an appropriate topic for people to be asking, especially you mentioned this earlier, but especially in the case of miscarriages Mm -hmm. that can be incredibly traumatizing and triggering for people. So it's not appropriate to sit in pressure if it's something that can bring up a really emotional response. Yeah. I mean, parenthood in the traditional sense is not something that is guaranteed in life. There are Mm -hmm. so many other factors that go into it that you don't know if someone is dealing with infertility. You don't know what someone's financial situation with, what their mental health is looking like. Yeah. Um, So I have two things, two recommendations. First, set boundaries. So I have had to tell certain people that are close to me. I'm not going off on the lady in Walmart who comments how cute my nieces are and, you know, ask when I'm (laughs) having kids. But (laughs) there are a few people in my life that I have had to set those boundaries with, that I've had Mm -hmm. to say, you know what, this is completely and absolutely unacceptable for you to ask. Don't do it. And I've set those boundaries. Yeah. I also would recommend having a few go-to responses. That helps me because I tend to panic in situations where I'm asking uncomfortable questions and I am known for laughing and just not saying anything at all. <laughs> so <laughs> rehearse them, memorize them, and use them in any and all situations. So my go-to When someone says, oh, so when are you two having kids? My first response is always, well, whenever my birth control decides to stop working. Or I tell them, well, (laughs) I'll let you know when my birth control stops working. I always say that. Or if they really want to get into it, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, totally. I'll have kids. You know, if you want to cover my salary for the rest of my life, including all of my pay raises, or Mm -hmm. hey, for $40,000 a year, I might even throw in an extra baby for you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh. I A little discount combo there. Yes. I definitely use humor to cope, but people find it funny, and I think that they can take the hint at that point. Yeah. I also, anytime I see someone post about their own struggles, about their choice to be child-free, anything regarding that, I will like it, comment, share. That way the people in my life can see, oh, okay, this is what she is thinking right now, and this is who mm-hmm. she is po- supporting, or these are the ideas that she is supporting. And mm-hmm. I think that that also helps spread awareness As I've started sharing those posts, people that I talk to in person will use that wording like, oh, I know that they, that it's, it's just, it's really up to you guys. And if you have kids, that's great. If not, uh, that's fully your decision. And when talking about other couples, those people in my life will also use that same wording of, oh, well, of course that's up to them. And we would hate for them to feel that pressure. So I feel like it does make a difference mm-hmm. doing it does. all of those things. So that's yeah. what I recommend. I agree. <laughs> 100% everything Haley said, so good. And I just want to add 
onto the pressuring you to get married because I think this is where I kind of come in more. Not saying that I have not actually gotten pressure to have kids too. I mean, you can have kids just as much as I can, you know? (laughs) Yeah, a little bizarre considering the situation I'm in. Uh, (laughs) But, and regardless of whether I want kids, regardless of whether I want to get married, like Haley said, absolutely inappropriate. Just don't ask. Unless I bring it up, it does make me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just kind of giggle it off like Haley does because that's what I do. It's the humor to cope. But I want to address something really important about especially LDS culture. Mm-hmm. I could see this happening in other Christian colleges, communities, things like that. There's this pressure not only to find somebody, but to find somebody by a certain age, because Mm -hmm. if you don't by the time you're 30, you're basically useless. And then if you don't find somebody, there's something wrong with you. And this has taken me a really long time to work through, not only from just family members and friends and other things, but just on my own, my own personal feelings. I almost pressured myself a lot to get married Mm -hmm. because I felt like there was something so wrong with me. How could I be so unlovable that somebody wouldn't want me? And it got to the point that I realized it does not make me unlovable. And in fact, a lot of the marriages I see lately are loveless. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that yeah. either. Yeah. I'd rather wait and be 40 and get married and be so happy than be 23 and miserable. Mm-hmm. So that is where a lot of that pressure has been relieved on that end. However, I have gotten comments about, well, why don't you just give other people a chance? You're being too picky. Ugh, You're taking yeah. too long. Yeah. So many really invalidating comments that are just hurtful because I think I have every right to be picky. This is the person I'm supposed to spend not just my life, but in LDS culture, eternity Mm -hmm. with. (laughs) I think I have the right to be a little picky choosy. Yeah. So many people act like they hate their spouses. And gosh, that sounds miserable. Yeah. I'd like to enjoy my time with them. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being picky. There's nothing wrong with taking your time. And I think I am completely lovable, even if a man hasn't (laughs) seen that within me. I'm not going to settle because other people have told me to. Mm -hmm. But I understand that for this person that may be getting pressured to be married, that it can make you feel as though you're worthless without a spouse. Yeah. And you have to understand that your worth doesn't change. It will be stagnant no matter Mm -hmm. what you do, no matter who you are, no matter what you say, your worth stays stagnant. What does change and what you have control over is your opinion of you and 
how you respond to the things that other people say. Just because somebody thinks that you need a spouse to be a really important person doesn't mean that you're not a really important person. What other people say doesn't reflect who you are and only you know who you are. Mm -hmm. And if you're a really great person and you're okay with yourself, then it's okay to disregard what other people say. And I know that's easier said than done, but with time and with practice and with reminding yourself how important you are, it'll come. So I love that. Thanks. <laughs> um, I can share a quick funny story to maybe lighten up the mood for a second. Of course. But <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it'll go right back to heaven. Exactly. I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> Let's take a, a quick uh, light break. Uh, at the beach last week, one of my aunts asked me, oh, so when are you two, you know, giving us a child? I'm like, okay, well, I haven't seen you in two years. I don't think that I owe you a child, but anyways, I'm going <laughs> to going to laugh it Present off. Present you with one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Laughed it off. And she said, oh, okay. It, of course. Of course. You know, you guys take your time. Oh, that, make, that makes sense. You guys do you. And don't you worry about waiting too long. Don't think that it's not going to happen if you wait too long. All I can tell you is you need some flaxseed oil. If you wait, if you feel like you waited too long, flaxseed oil will do the trick. And I was like, uh, okay. So she had her last daughter at 45 and she was mm -hmm. taking flaxseed oil for hot flashes. Mm -hmm. And she said within a week or two of taking flaxseed oil for her hot flashes, she got pregnant with her daughter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't know that flaxseed oil, I guess, affects your fertility. I am no medical professional. I have not looked into this at all, so I don't know if it's true. And then she told me that she shared that with someone at church that had been married for 20 years and was never able to conceive. And within two weeks of switching to flaxseed oil, she got pregnant. So my Did response- Did she solve infertility? Right. <laughs> okay. So of course my awkward response to that was like, okay, well now I'm definitely looking at the ingredient list of everything I eat now. <laughs> I'm not having any flaxseed oil. I was like, thank you for to watch her sneak it into your dinner. Right. <laughs> so flaxseed oil, watch out, do your research, make good choices. And my sister oh my got married two weeks ago, mm -hmm. baby sister, and she got married in the LDS temple. And one of the temple workers turned to her right before her wedding and immediately told her to have kids and told her that this generation is not doing their part in following the commandment to multiply and replenish the earth, mm. which does not make me happy, but I just wanted to. That is out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like, ma'am. Uh, she is oh, not even married yet. <laughs> can, can, we, can we hold off? Breathe. I just did not like that. But well, and what makes me upset about that comment is that that's not her place, first mm -hmm. of all. And second of all, if she's really that worked up about it, why doesn't she just go have a kid herself? Why doesn't she adopt? Yep. Maybe that's what you can start saying. Yeah. Well, if you're that 
stressed about having more kids on this earth. Why don't you do it yourself? Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we have a good amount now. Let's take care of those. I can't even take care of myself. Are you kidding? If you could see my house right now and you want me to take same. care of another <laughs> being? No, no. Oh, same. My room is a mess. I have my niece here. She's not even my child. She's been here two days and my house is a mm-hmm. disaster. Yeah. Kids are just off the table right yeah. now. <laughs> I, I took my two of my nieces to the aquarium Saturday night and while my sister and brother-in-law went on a date and they called us about 10 o'clock. We took them maybe at six o'clock. So we told them, you know, enjoy your night out and we'll just let you guys know when we're back Mm -hmm. on our way back to the hotel. And she calls and asks, oh, what did you guys do for dinner? And what have the girls eaten? And I'm like, uh, we just finished eating Cold Stone at 10 p.m. I kind of forgot to feed your children dinner, but they didn't tell me they were hungry. I just forgot to feed the children. I did change their diapers. I took them on their potty breaks. But food, I just thought we were getting ice cream after the aquarium. They were excited for it. We had a Mm -hmm. whole snack bag packed, but they did not ask for food. And when they're hungry, they ask for food. So You were just doing your part as the cool aunt. You don't need to hold that on to you. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Okay, I guess that's fine. Yeah. You're you're not the parent. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready to uh move on to question? Yeah. This episode may be long, but you know, these are important topics. It's all good. And it's all good. That's okay. And why don't you want to hear us talk for over an hour? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Get over it. Get Enjoy. over yourselves, guys. <laughs> Haley would say, apparently. <laughs> All right. Impressive. So, this last question comes from a female in their 20s. Again, assuming pronouns are she, her. What are your thoughts on some LDS members not accepting or wanting LGBTQ plus members to change? Now, this question. I know that she said LDS members and for the majority of what I'm addressing is going to be LDS doctrinally based. However, that does not mean that there's not some cross-culture things here, Mm -hmm. um, cross-political ideas, things like that. So please take what resonates, leave what doesn't. You're not speaking for the church. You're not speaking. Nope. For anyone but yourself. I am just giving you my two cents, yes. <laughs> which is what you get on every episode. So yeah. you're welcome. What you asked for. So what you asked get for, over so it. I'm giving it. So yeah, Haley, get over it. <laughs> Can we start making that our new model? Right? Get over yeah, it. Get over it. <laughs> so good. Okay. So my first thought, anytime I'm asked this, because ironically, I actually get asked about this a lot, but my first thought, first thing I always talk about is that common little phrase, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And when you get down to the nitty gritty, who was Jesus? Who was Christ? Christ was somebody who accepted those who were different from him, 
He accepted the leper, the adulterer, the black sheep, all of these things that other people, specifically the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Mm -hmm. found as sinners or outcasts. And who did he chastise? Pharisees and Sadducees. He didn't want one uniform way of thinking. In fact, that's Satan's plan. So going back to the premortal existence, dating all the way back then, what we notice, it was Satan's plan that everybody had uniform ideas. And that is what the Pharisees and Sadducees want too. They don't want us to have individual unique identities. They wanted us all to be the exact same, which is against God's plan and is against what Christ stands for. So leaning off of that, realize that every person is born with identity and purpose, including our LGBTQ members. We are all important, not only in the church and building up the church in Zion, but we're also important just in the world. We all have a purpose and meaning. There is a really great book by Viktor Frankl titled Man's Search for Meaning, and he discusses what is called existential theory. And in this theory, it is a clinical theory that I tend to base a lot of what I believe off of, that even if you don't believe in God, every person has meaning and has a purpose in making the world go round, basically. We all have a reason to be here. We all have unique talents and abilities that build each other up. And that is actually exactly in line with the church's doctrine. So I know for a fact that I have learned so much more about loving others, being kind, being genuine, being true to myself from LGBTQ people than I have from the heterosexual population. I even have several of my self-help books are written by LGBTQ community members. So people like Jonathan Van Ness, Daniel Howell, things like that. (laughs) Sorry, I can't remember any others, but I know that I've looked at a lot of others. It's one of the main reasons I love watching Queer Eye. Those men have so much love and compassion and teach me so much more about who I want to be because of who they are at their core and how they understand how to be themselves and love themselves regardless of what other people say. So going off of that, these LGBTQ members should be loved and accepted because that's exactly what Christ would want. He wants all of God's children in the church, not just those that the church's culture claims as righteous or doctrine. And there is a whole separation of culture, doctrine, principles, but I don't want to get into that right now because that could be a whole other question. So if anybody wants to know more about the difference between them, please feel free to ask and we will get to it in another podcast. However, another thing that we are taught in the church is the article of faith, number 11, and it says, we claim the privilege of worshiping almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience and allow all men the same privilege, let them worship how, where, or what they may. 
It is literally in our articles of faith. Yeah. yeah. It is literally in our articles of faith that we are to allow people to worship who they want, when they want, how they want. So if they don't believe that their version of God would kick LGBTQ members out of the kingdom, mm-hmm. then they're okay to do that. Yeah. They're okay to have a different opinion. We are to respect every person's path, even if we disagree, which uh, disclaimer here, I don't disagree with this. Mm-hmm. And I actually support LGBTQ members yes. to the fullest extent. I personally, personally believe that they deserve all rights, just as I deserve all human rights. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I totally believe in this doctrine too, which is to allow other people to have that same privilege that I do. So one of the best things that you could do if you're listening and you're struggling to find a way to accept LGBTQ members in the church Literally just put yourself in their shoes for a minute, walk their path for a minute. How would it feel to you if you weren't allowed to get married? Mm -hmm. If people told you that who you loved was a sin, if you're literally doing exactly what the doctrine of the church claims to have, which is family and being with those you love forever. And you're told that your version of that is completely wrong, that being heterosexual is the worst way you could go. Mm-hmm. Or even having somebody constantly call you by the wrong pronouns. If I sat here and said, oh, Haley, he, Haley, him, Haley, that guy, mm-hmm. just constantly doing that over and over again. And she says, no, I'm a girl. Call me she, her. Mm-hmm. Those are my pronouns. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to. That's not doctrine. And I can call you whatever I want. You were born a boy, so mm-hmm. you're going to be a boy. That's not fair to Haley. That would no. probably annoy her <laughs> so no. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, that's exactly how they feel. And it's really painful. And even if you don't agree, the least you can do is respect others. It takes no, uh, it takes no effort. It is the least painful thing you can do to literally just use somebody's correct pronouns to not use their dead name, which by the way, for those who don't know, dead name means their previous name before they transition uh, or before trans people, non-binary, etc. If they decide to transition, that's the dead name or just allowing people who are a different sexual orientation into your home. I know so many people who wouldn't let them in their home and I just don't think that's right. Christ would have let people in. He would have taken them in, helped them get food and blankets and watched over them so that they could heal. And that's what I want to be for others. So just take a minute, look at what you're doing and see if there's a way that you can be better. And then for those who are LGBTQ and who are struggling with not being accepted or not feeling like there's a place for you, because believe me, even though I'm not LGBTQ, I have felt like there hasn't been a place for me in the church at times too. That's a big reason I had a faith crisis. And and after the faith crisis, it got even worse. And so recognizing that there is a place for you 
you and you can be in between. It doesn't have to always be black and white. You are allowed nuance. You're allowed to live in the gray. So the person that I did the podcast with that we talked about, it, um, I think it was last week, Richard Osler, the majority of his podcast is actually not about faith crisis. It's about LGBTQ plus members and finding a way to stay in the church or finding a way to be okay if they leave and just respecting each other's journeys and being comfortable with your decisions and with yourself. And so if you need some support or people who are in the same position as you, this is an excellent, excellent podcast. And I highly recommend that you go and listen to it. Uh, again, that will be linked down in the description. And then the last thing I would say is recognize that you cannot force others to change their thoughts. People are going to be mean. People are going to be loving. People will be hateful. People will be kind. But it is what you do and how how you treat others at the end of the day, because in your mind, if it feels like you are doing what Christ would want you to do, and if you feel like God is okay with you, that is what matters. So while I may be here having a different value system saying, you know, my value differs a little from what the church is saying. It's not supposed to be black and white. I'm not supposed to have a uniform thought. I'm okay to think, hey, every LGBTQ member should have rights. Mm -hmm. And they should be allowed in the church. And that is okay for me to have a differing opinion. And worst case scenario, it'll come down to me and God in the next life. And we'll talk about it. People don't agree with me. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy where I'm at because this feels the most loving and the most genuine to me. So anything else you want to add to that, Haley, before we wrap up? Well, I really love that you mentioned putting yourself in their shoes. Because for the majority of the people who are not accepting or wanting LGBTQ plus members to change are likely heterosexual and they have no idea what that feels like. So if you have a hard time being accepting or if you have a hard time having those thoughts of wanting those members to change, imagine I, if I were to put myself in those shoes, I know how much I love Logan. Imagine being told that what you're doing is wrong. Imagine feeling like you don't have that space to experience and express the love that you currently feel for your partner and imagine being told that that is wrong. Mm -hmm. If you feel like they can change, ask yourself, do you feel like you could change? Do Ooh. you genuinely feel like you could change Dang. your sexuality? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many times I say I love Blake Lively and Beyonce. I am not sexually attracted to them. I might be drawn to them like Rainey's drawn to me. <laughs> but... Oh. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I cannot force myself to make that change. So if you can't force yourself to make that change, why would you think that someone else could? And yeah. talking about resources, Charlie Bird, who was the former BYU mascot, he has written a really great book titled Without the Mask, Coming Out and Coming into God's Light. That came out about a year ago. And so he alternates between sharing his memoir and also teaching chapters. So he talks about his own challenges, 
but he also shares the blessings that he has learned as he has gone through this journey to recognize his own sexual orientation and talks about the importance of his own relationship that he has maintained with God. And his goal is really to help spark that healing and help bridge gaps of understanding for other LGBTQ readers and those who love them. So I would encourage everyone to read some of those self-help books, to find other resources, because you don't have to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community to benefit from that. Reading that book will give you that perspective into someone else's life. And I think that that will just help build your empathy Mm -hmm. for others. Yeah. Open those doors empathetically. Yes. Because really, when it comes down to it, again, that WWJD, what did Jesus do? (laughs) What did he do when he was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane Mm -hmm. and atoning for us? He took on every one of our pains, our experiences. He knows exactly how we felt through everything. And I'm not saying that we can do that exactly. Of course we can't. But if he was willing to take that on, it's the least we can do to even try and understand a little bit where other people are coming from. And this is not just with LGBTQ. This can come from people who are in a faith crisis. This can come from a passive racism, Mm -hmm. having differing political views. There's a lot of different ways that we can become more empathetic and show more love than maybe where we're at right now. Yeah. And I also want to add, show your support in every way that you can, especially I think on social media is a great way because if you share the same feelings that we have about this topic, have those discussions with people, share messages on social media so that LGBTQ plus members know that they have your support, Mm -hmm. I think is great. Yeah, exactly. And allow yourself to be that safe space. Yeah, 100%. Well, this has been a great podcast. Again, it may have gone a little bit longer than we anticipated, but I think it was well, well worth it. And if you have any questions, please don't forget to submit them into our forums. We are still taking so many questions and we'd love to continue to hear from you for the rest of the season. We hope that you have a great week. Keep thriving. Anything you would like to add before we close? Hashtag not thriving Thursday. Or (laughs) of course other day you're listening. I cannot forget. But yeah, the other thing too is if you have any personal feedback or things that you would like to add. Uh, especially if you are LGBTQ, please, please, please feel free to DM us or even add in the comments section. We would love to hear from you because again, these are some areas that maybe we're not totally experienced in Mm -hmm. uh, and not even maybe that we're not totally experienced in. And it is always helpful to get other perspectives from people so we can know how to better improve the podcast and better improve ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. We'll, we'll see, you guys see you later right? next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.